Welcome to episode 33 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, we cover Friday the 13th from about five, six times in my life. I don't know. I had this dream that's like storming. It's raining. And every time the rain hits the ground, it feels like it's like pebbles hitting the ground. And I put my hands over my ears trying to stop. But the rain just keeps getting louder and louder. Then the rain turns to blood and comes into rivers. Then all of a sudden, it just fucking stops. We're here to talk about Friday the 13th. Happy the Friday the 13th, everybody. Happy Friday the 13th. I'm Kyle. I'm Maddie. And joining us once again is Jimmy D or Jimmy Diamond or JD or Mr. Diamond. This guy's got fucking every yeah, cool hey, name. What the hell? Hard D, we call him. <laughs> All Big the ladies D. love Hard D. <laughs> I, I was hoping with your story there, it was going to be like milk or something. That would be your real like horror <laughs> That's film. Like, remember like the girl who's like 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 betting Kevin Bacon? She has that dream scene. Oh yeah, I, 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 I got yeah, what you're yeah, going yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, I was right, just right, thinking right. your your horror movie would be <laughs> milk? milk, and you're trying to run away from it, like, getting in your mouth, and you're like and throwing romantic, up. Romantic comedies are falling from the sky and that have tractor. What would happen if like someone just kept on throwing like milk at you and drinking? Would you just keep on throwing it up and then you're like drinking more and throwing up? Like that would be a like, like, be a, like a Schindler's List of like milk concentration camps. Yeah, like they they dunk they're dunking <laughs> you in like it's, they're dunking you in fish tanks of like milk, and that's your torture. And you pull up, you're like no more. Uh. I think everybody would hate that, right? I'm not the only one. Like even like lactards wouldn't be the only one who like hates us. I don't know. Man. You throw some it. chocolate syrup in there, maybe even that strawberry syrup, and I'm down some <laughs> some cookies. Just like more. I think the question I got to ask: Am I wearing a suit made out of cookies? Because <laughs> if that's the case, then yeah, awesome. Anyways, uh, we're totally getting off track. Yes, we're here to talk about the classic slasher film from 1980, Friday 13th. Uh, what some would argue, it's it's a, we all know it's not the first slasher, but many would argue that it is the slasher film that kind of started the big boom oh, yeah. uh, of the 80s and uh, ran into the early 90s. Several sequels. I think the most of any other movie, right? Like a horror movie, really. Um, That's what, 11 we're pushing? Let me see, 10... Maybe Halloween. Eleven. Yeah. Well, if you count yeah, the remake, eleven, 12. and then the yeah, yeah, and then the reboot, and then what? What was Freddy at? He did. Uh, He's probably only. Oh, now. he only did eight, right? Yeah. Oh, nine with the remake. Yeah, you could be right. That's. Uh, I'd have to really look into that, but Halloween, that sounds about maybe? right. Because of the two remakes. No, Halloween's done eight, nine, ten, and fucking no one. Well, the, the Rob Zombie ones don't even exist, right? So. Uh, <laughs> Dan's crying yeah, at yeah, home right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, if anyone knows, I think we talked about it on the first episode, but Friday the 13th has a special place in my heart. Yeah, it's a uh, jam, it's, right? It's one of my favorite horror series, of, probably my favorite horror yeah. series. And like, there are several films in the series are like up there for top horror of all time for me. Is this one, one of them? Uh, we'll see. All right, then. <laughs> Got to leave the audience, you know, I mean, we don't want to spoil everything. <laughs> Give everything away. Um, but yeah, before we get into it, anything you guys want to talk about? Anything that you did? Lately, or anything exciting? Well, me and you went up to the um, Arrow, did a, a Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, it was ca- it was like an Arrow Bazaar or something they called it. It was kind of like, it was a little flea market, but li- by a little flea market, it was literally a bar yeah, with five uh, different vendors set up. Um, and, you know, there was some cool stuff, but really you were going there to get Arrow video. Yeah. Uh, if anyone knows, uh, you guys in the U.S. got it pretty good. In the U.K., even better. But in Canada, these discs are like 40, they start at pretty much 40 bucks here in Canada and they go up to like 50, 60. Crazy, right? So they had a deal. It was like, you know, the more you bought, the better deals you got. So they had like, eventually you could get 500, which is 20 bucks a pop. So I, I might've bought a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, Becky, if you're listening, earmuffs, I bought like 10 movies. <laughs> if you are listening, Becky, I bought six movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I, it was a chance. There's been a lot of movies that, that I've sold off. Usually what I do is, as soon as it's announced on Blu-ray, if it's if I know it's going to include all the features and whatnot, I get rid of the DVD. And then with plans to buy the Blu-ray. But again, when these are 40 bucks, you can't just like, ah, oh, I'm going to buy all of them. So yeah, I kind of became behind like some classics, well, in my opinion, classics like mm-hmm. uh, Slugs yeah. and uh, The Society. Stuff. Um, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, it gave me a chance to, to pick up these movies that I've been wanting to for uh, for quite, for a couple years now. And, uh, and again, the way I look at it, you know, I, I would have got like it's four for investment. the price of uh, what I would have got. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about one uh, later on today. That, oh, Awesome. Um, I don't know if I can say I'm excited to talk about oh, or Oh, that stinks. No, no, that's the thing. It's it's a weird it's not a good film or a bad film, but we'll get into it. All right. Uh anything else? Uh Oh, I got nothing. Diamonds? Yeah. Nothing uh, coming to mind. Okay, so how's your luck been today, guys? Friday the thirteenth? Anything bad happened to you or no? Uh just I think the the worst thing was you guys showed up. Well, yeah. <laughs> Just thinking matter, it. Right? We 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 kind of got actually a perfect atmosphere. It's raining out. It's like that yeah. thunderstorm. Uh, I don't know. I'm definitely feeling that Friday the 13th storm is mood. coming in. <laughs> I'm hoping we'll see some Kevin Bacon ass shots and uh, you know some topless that ladies. Guy's got it going on in this movie, right? <laughs> oh, he's he's amazing. There's uh, I don't want to get uh, too into it, but yeah, there's definitely a shot where it's like a a package. The package okay. of Kevin Before Bacon shot. It, there's a lot of like bulges in this movie, right? There's yeah, a lot the, of, the, like, the camera underwear. just it, it, it just sits on there, yeah. and you're like, Jesus, man, Do you really need this. Um, but yeah, good for, good for Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> He's packing some pork. If you know uh, I mean. Would you watch anything lately, Maddie? Or I, uh, you ever seen a From Beyond? I guess it's a Stuart Gordon oh, Lovecraft. Of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who am I talking to? Jimmy, have you seen this movie? I don't think so. It's absolutely insanity. So what happens is... This it kind of, I was sorry to interrupt you, yeah. it kind of actually fits what we just covered, the Hellraiser yeah, series in a sense, because really it has some weird like S&M stuff in there. Yeah, uh, opens up this portal to a different dimension that everyone knows, but in this dimension, there are these like uh, fish creatures, uh, there's something called he or it, and uh, a bunch of monsters and mutations that come to our dimension. Like, we can't see them, they can't see us, but the minute he opens this uh, register, that they can see us and they attack us. And it's just fucking insane. This one guy turns into this blob creature. There's this giant Lovecraftian monster in the basement they gotta take out. And 
uh, one guy stays in the dimension for a bit too long, so his head expands, and this gland that can see all this shit grows through his forehead. <laughs> and this thing's almost like a, like a dick that he goes around penetrating people's eyeballs. <laughs> it is out of this world insane. Well, and the, cool, the coolest thing, so. too, is the cast. We got um, Jeffrey Combs and uh, Combs. Barbara Crampton from Reanimator uh, reuniting. And yeah, Ken, Ken Ferre from uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I'm, I've only, I've actually only seen it once, but I have picked up the Scream Factory. Oh, I haven't awesome. got around to watching it, but uh, I remember enjoying it. I remember just not really knowing what you're getting into, and like by the end, being like, "What the fuck?" That it was is insane. a fucked up movie, and it has all these great uh, lighting effects. So it oh yeah, so it's purple, like a neon pink, purple. Yeah, exactly. Is, yeah, a lot of gooey effects. If you enjoy like gooey of, effects, it's it's a, a great lot film. of goo. And a lot of like uh, almost like Jim Henson esque monsters in this movie, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Well, it's back when like special effects were fun. Like exactly. even if it looked fake, it you it was still a ton of fun, right? It, they put their heart and their mm-hmm. there's charm too. We've seen those those effects. You know, I mean, yeah. you can you, you know that that tentacle, you can tell it's kind of like mechanical or yeah. puppetry, but or whatever. But it. it looks great. Yeah. I absolutely love it. So I gotta give this movie a seven out of ten. Nice. So the the film that I watched the the first out of the batch that I picked up, Microwave Massacre from 1983. Oh, dude. <laughs> okay, I, I actually. Ha- Enjoyed this movie, yeah. Like, how, how do you how do you rate a movie like this? So it, <laughs> it's th- this is the op- let me describe the opening for you, Jimmy. We got this funky tune with the credits. Has nothing really to do with this movie. There's like this. She's not hot. She's kind of like a butterface, but she's got a nice body, and she's just walking like cool down the street. And then there's this fence, and she like somehow trips or whatever and then the fence there's like a hole cut out and her huge breast gets stuck in the hole in the fence and she's trying to get out and now she's doing it her top is ripped open <laughs> alright so at this point you know exactly what you yeah, signed up for exactly and she, as she's trying to get out she's like uh, uh. and then there's like the construction workers and they see that and they're like oh I gotta run the bathroom <laughs> Like th- that's the opening of the film, and it has nothing yeah. to do with the film whatsoever the lead of the film is uh, is pretty much Rodney Dangerfield me- like a low-end Rodney Dangerfield that's completely uncharismatic. That's exactly it. Like- which I looked up. Apparently, it's um. So the the actor's name is Jackie Vernon, and that was his whole thing. He was the king of deadpan. That was his whole. That guy sounds like that name sounds really familiar. Well, you may recognize him as the voice of Frosty the Snowman. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Happy birthday! It's so weird that they got this guy to do the voice for all the ranking and base. Mister Charisma. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's so weird. Like, I I can't even describe his performance. Like he's telling jokes, but he's just kind of like he's he's just reading them with like no. But that's his respect. style. I don't get any respect. Yeah, like it, it opens. <laughs> and, there are scenes where he has like he's eating like so what he got oh, for lunch, and he's like oh, something my wife made. It's just like a giant crab between two pieces of bread. Yeah, this huge sandwich that makes no <laughs> sense. Uh, his wife. So the the whole plot of the movie is his wife uh, is making him all this food, and it's like. She has this huge microwave, so she microwaves the food, and it's all about like healthy food and kind of like it's more about like making it look nice on the plate than like it tasting well. He just wants like a bologna sandwich or something simple, and his wife will just not do it, so it's slowly driving him insane. But there's some great lines. He's like, "As a cook, you'd make a great decorator." <laughs> and then the lights go off, and he's like, "It's too late, man. I've already seen it." <laughs> like that's I don't know. Like I thought the comedy was kind of funny and even, the, even like, if the delivery the was like guys, so the, dull there is like the I guess a black friend and the white friend and the white friend oh, yeah, yeah. the black friend had to be a bit more funny no man you gotta walk like this the guy's like like this he's like no dude you gotta walk like this oh yeah this. yeah the, the, the construction workers like They're those amazing. guys made the film the, the one guy's got like the the uh, 70s porn stash he was pretty awesome but um 
Anyway, so yeah, he gets sick of this shit and uh, comes home drunk one time and just has enough and kills his wife. And then he watches some like documentary. It's like, the best way to get rid of evidence is to eat it or something. So he decides he's going to eat his wife. And then he finds out that, wow, that she actually tastes pretty good. So he, he grows uh, a taste for human. Oh, so man. the film is him going around and killing like hookers and stuff like that and eating them. He's got this fridge that he's constantly filling up with the body parts, which they never... Well, they show that sometimes in the microwave, but a lot of it's just like literally packs of tinfoil because you can tell there's yeah. no budget. And I love, too, like this guy... He's not a good-looking dude, but yet, like, all these women are swooning over him. Awesome, right? All these prostitutes. Well, the prostitutes make sense because they want the money. But he has all these kind of, like, women. Yeah, there's this neighbor that is constantly flirting with him. And there's, like, one scene where she's literally digging up a garden hole with a vibrator for no reason and then starts, like, stroking the vibrator. Like, that's the film you're getting. It's like, we don't care if it makes sense. We're just going to throw out weird shit to get a reaction out of you. The one girl he picks up, she's like... My name is DDD. My mother wanted Delilah, but she uh, stuttered or something. <laughs> you see? Like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I thought the jokes worked in a sense, but <laughs> the Listen, delivery was just like very... The movie is called Microwave Massacre. Yeah. It pretty much delivers what it promises, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. That same woman's like, you want to have sex in 3D? Like, that's a line she throws that doesn't make sense. They never like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely had Maybe like fun with it. all three dimensions, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the other great scene is so they, him and the two construction workers, because they're always going to like rippers and stuff after work. Mm. They go through the drive-through, and and the the um the employee's like, "Can I take your order?" He's like, "Sure." Let your hair down, unbutton your blouse, hike up your skirt, stick out your tongue, and a coke. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the the great thing is, as they he drives off, like, "Oh, we got them a prank." You see that the woman is actually doing it. <laughs> She's like stuck up in his window with her, her skirt hiked up, and her like that's the type of film. Um, it's not for everyone. I could see totally like you look at oh, the reviews; yeah. it's all the place. Some people think this is the greatest, funniest film in the world, and some people think it's the worst film in the world. So you know, and again, at arrow prices, I, I can't say everyone should run out and buy this. But if you're into like Birdemic, that kind of like really bad, yeah. bad movies, The Room, I guess, or even like yeah, really bad like '70s films with bad acting like and bad dialogue. Movies, right? Yeah, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Um, there's not really the gore and everything's bad. Like there's not no, really no. you're not really watching it. You're not really watching it for the horror aspects. You're watching it just because it's zany and you're yeah. waiting to see like what are they going to do next. But yeah, I don't know. I had fun with it. Again, I, I don't know how to rate a film like this. I'm going to give it five and a half out of ten. Okay. But like again, this is a film you watch it with a bunch of friends and beers. Say, I think if we watch this right now, it, it could go. Beers, it could go up to like a be, seven, yeah. seven and a half, eight. Like who knows? You know what I mean? It's one of those films. It's like. Yeah, it's not. I I can't say it's a good film, but I had fun. While yeah. I was never bored. It's and it's it goes through quick too. It's like an hour twenty or something like that. Hour fifteen. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, so yeah, I I'm gonna say check it out if you're in a bad yeah. cinema. But yeah, if you're expecting uh another eighty slasher film, if you're expecting yeah. Friday Thirteenth two or three or you know something in that. Uh, vein, yeah. you're not you're not going to get it. <laughs> but this humor does work. It's not like a, oh, yeah, it's yeah. not like tacky like Blubberella or any like thing like that, or even like a trauma movie. Yeah, maybe some trauma movie. Yeah, most of it did work for me. And like I said, I was never bored. I, I was just it kind of reminded me. I enjoyed it more. Blood Diner, where there were actually both those films are kind of about mm-hmm. cannibals. But that film, I think. Uh, 
it, it was the same thing in that like every scene you're like, what are they mm-hmm. going to do next? It's so like zany, yeah. the humor. And that I think this is like kind of a drier version. It's not quite as exciting yeah. and over the top as that film. But it, it definitely, I think it'd make a great double feature watching yeah, those two I, together. That actually would be a great double feature. Uh, did you guys watch anything else? Or That's it for me. Okay, well, yeah, I, I have a feeling we're going to talk a That's lot about Friday 13th anyway, so let's, let's jump into it. We're going to throw up the trailer. Here it is. I, I love this trailer where it counts down the kills. But uh, here's the trailer for Friday 13th, uh, and we'll be back in a couple minutes. Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? One. counselors are stalked and murdered by an unknown assailant while trying to reopen a summer camp which years before was the site of a child's drowning we are talking about friday the 13th from 1980 i'm just gonna throw out i i love this film it's fucking awesome right i feel this is i don't want to say it's obviously not underrated but i almost feel too that since the sequels and jason Voorhees has kind of become the image of friday the 13th a lot of people i find that love those films kind of look down on this film because he's not, not necessarily, I'm going to say in quotations, in the film. Uh, yeah, like, did you find that? Like, I, I notice a lot, like, ah. a lot of people love, you know, I love four and five and six and seven. I think a lot of people really dig this movie, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I find the younger generation and, like, a lot of people just, I don't know. I find, like, 
it's almost like if you enjoy mysteries and stuff more, you're going to get more mm-hmm. out of this. Like it's, there's some good kills in there and stuff, but yeah. it's not as like extravagant as the later films where you're getting, you know, not sleeping, getting, like, bag sleeping bag kill. And, <laughs> and, and I, I don't know. I just, I definitely feel like going on a lot of forums and stuff that mm-hmm. definitely has its fan base, like myself and, yeah. and you and hopefully Jimmy, but I do feel like it, it's kind of like the one that everyone throws up all the Jason sequels and the Kane Hodder sequels before this film. Uh, I, I don't know. This one, uh, number two, I think gets dragged to the mud, doesn't it? Or No, no I think number two, two is, is pretty high regarded. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. But yeah, any, anyways, well, we'll talk about the sequels later on, but I, I love this film. I think it's as good it might even be it's definitely like up there for the the best of the series yeah. for me i don't care that jason's not in it i love what i love about this film it's it it, we're getting tension. that exactly the great atmosphere we're getting this is the first time we're getting the camp crystal i love the whole the feeling of they're setting getting ready for yeah. camping it just like it brings back memories of you know going camping know with your buddies this should do the exact opposite but i want to go camping oh exactly every time i watch, <laughs> time I watch <laughs> that's how i feel the first two films yeah. do that for me there's something about later on they take place in the camp but it never mm. feels the same the yeah. first two films I, i've always found that they they go well together because they have a, a group of all interesting characters people mm. that you actually would want to hang out with that yeah. seem cool and yeah it, it just feels it feels real i think the characters feel really real they haven't got Fleshed to the part out. where they're starting to do the the cliche yeah. over the top characters you're getting just a lot of you're getting yeah just people that you would want to hang out with Normal so people. that that's why i love it some more than others but you know, yeah whatever. um <laughs> the direction i think uh again i think um sean cunningham is kind of underrated here yeah. even this time like every time i watch it I, I notice more and more there's some really elaborate shots in there and there's a lot of long takes which there, i never I noticed about, before. i was about to bring one up when she's making the cup of coffee oh yeah it's that fantastic takes like three minutes to make but just making a cup of coffee like you're kind of in it because you're kind of scared like she goes in the cupboard like oh it's gonna happen now oh yeah. no yeah, it draws so much tension yeah. over that yeah, a mundane task like making fucking instant coffee. Well, plus it's kind of cool because you get to see how they made coffee back then. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> this is apparently a lot harder. Bunch of, uh... of cavemen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely noticed that this time there's a lot of really cool long takes, which I mean, long takes are, are a hard mm. thing to do. I don't think people give them enough credit. Like everyone has to hit their mark for those to work and especially when you're you're dealing with various characters and, and scenes. Um, but I'll talk about that a little more later on. Uh, mm. Harry Manfredini hits it out of the park park with this uh very bernard herman-esque uh you know psycho-esque um but i I think it's fantastic and i was actually reading something and i I don't know if i ever really noticed that but his goal from the beginning was to use minimal music so really the the score only comes on when the when the killer's around around the corner so if you notice and that's why in the end though it just like it's wall-to-wall music because you know the 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 character stalking them but it's a very minimalist the music it's a lot of which I did notice time um, to an extent where there's a lot of like the, the sound effects you know what I mean again when you're out there you, f- you hear the crickets you hear yeah. like it just feels like you're on this I this want to say camp, like, uh, okay we'll talk about this later but uh Remind me about the sound effects later. Yeah, and uh, and again, same thing. The setting. I mean, there's a lot of he'll just cut to um, shots of the background, uh, and I love like that the water lapping on like the shore. Yeah, I mean, maybe that cool. was to fill time because yeah, they didn't possibly. have a lot of money to do cool shots. But that's something I feel is really missing in the, the later sequels. And again, it just it does that extra bit of just making you feel like you're there with these people. Like that one scene where uh, who's that one? Uh, the jokester kid, like Bring Crosby's son. I forget the guy's name. Well, no, the jokester is uh, Ned. Is Ned? 
So uh, when he's watching Kevin and uh, the other girl like a dance and whatnot on the log, he's kind of like, "Oh shucks!" <laughs> and then he walks like that scene. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking cool because like it's like across the lake. Yeah, and he just kind of pans back and you just see him kind of yeah. pining for what could be, and then he yeah. just walks into like I thought that was such a cool scene. Yeah, there's definitely yeah, like I, I definitely know this, this time. Movie, you enjoy um, everything other than the kills too, right? Because mm-hmm. we first watched like, oh, it's fucking awesome. Look at the kills, and it's more you get into it, like, wow, this exactly. Is, That's yeah, why a, a I feel movie. I feel like slasher fans kind of mm-hmm. like don't rate it as high because it doesn't like. I feel like slasher fans they tend to rate like the kills are almost more important mm-hmm. than the kills and breast rate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. That's how I was probably as a teenager yeah. too. That's what I looked at when I watched a lot of these. And now I find as I'm getting older, I'm going back to the ones that mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy as much because they weren't as exciting in that in that sense. And you know, I'm enjoying them more. Like again, I, I think this film is just fantastic all around. Um, we'll, we'll get into some the other aspects I love about it in, in a little bit. But uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts, Matty? Dude, what can I say? This movie's fucking awesome. Jimmy? Yeah. <laughs> Matty is, is a man of, uh, well, man listen, of few words. You went off like 20 minutes about this movie. <laughs> what else could I, what could me and Jimmy possibly say? I'm curious. Good Jimmy. point, Kyle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. We, again, I didn't touch on, we can touch on the, the special effects by Tom Savini. Yeah. Again, it doesn't have as elaborate kills as later mm-hmm. on, but there are definitely a couple standouts there that still oh, hold dude. up to this day. Um, even that, like, arrow to the throat, even that guy, who, the cutest girl in this movie, the hitchhiker, right? Well, well I she, I actually, I, the, the one thing I did, I wanted to bring up is, like, I, I feel all the women in this one, again, I don't think I noticed as much before, but I, I thought they were all cute, and I think, again, because they all feel like natural, real women, yeah. whereas, again, they start to get to the point where it's, like, yeah, plastic yeah, yeah, surgery yeah, yeah. and big fake boobs. Yeah. These just look like, you know, average hot that women. you would meet at camp, right? Yeah, that you'd possibly well, have you would hope to meet at camp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stab <them> yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But it, yeah, when she, yeah, girl. I guess Annie is her name. I believe so. Yeah, I guess a cuck. When she gets her throat cut, looked so fucking good, right? Yeah. Well, the one thing on the Blu-ray, you, did you guys watch Blu-ray or DVD? Oh, uh, Blu-ray. The one thing you do notice, uh, the change of color, the, the skin color is yeah. off a bit. But again, like you can look past those because everything else about yeah. it looks great. I mean, and take into account this is 1980. Exactly. I mean, like. This is just a couple years after Halloween, which didn't really have anything in, in regards to, uh, you know, elaborate kills. And then Tom Savini comes and he's like, oh, I'm going to fucking do an arrow through your throat. And I don't know. It, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy, anything else you want to add for your basic thoughts? And then we'll jump into the. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's just kind of reiterating the fact that I think it's really cool. That this movie is based more so on just creating this amazing atmosphere. It's got this nostalgic fun yeah. vibe that you kind of long for that uh, that summer camp experience <laughs> right minus a murderer but you know whatever <laughs> well yeah but even and even the murderer you might even like yeah, yeah. be like you know it's worth it <laughs> <laughs> and that was the best summer of my life yeah. <laughs> as long as you're the, the final girl or, yeah. or guy or i can see a bunch of people sitting around like a survival counselor <laughs> like that was the best one. Like this is like a crisis center for people who survive some shit. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's like the uh, the juxtaposition of yeah. that, like kind of pristine wilderness yeah. with like you know, kind of worst possible yeah, situation chaos. to find yourself in. Well, yeah, I I totally want to do. What are you guys' thoughts? I've always wanted to do. They they do these. You can you pay money you and like, you go to like a camp and you get stalked and you know if you get killed you get killed and you have to go somewhere. That would be amazing. And you're trying right? to survive. I that I think was it your bachelor party that we were possibly looking at Jimmy for, for Maddie's bachelor party something like that like I know even we were I, I was looking at actually visiting 
the original yeah. Camp Crystal Lake, but I guess it is a Boy Scout year Camp, round. Yeah. And I think what they do though, because they know they're such a fan base, and I'm and not have, allowed within like a hundred yards. Yeah. Of Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess they have so many people constantly come in there. They kind of said like we, you know. Just give us our privacy for this time, and they open it up. I think once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. It's very limited, and it sells out pretty quickly. I think but it's they do. like they, they do it when they're like there's a Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, 13th, yeah. Actually, uh, this year what they're doing is they're they're doing their usual. You know, there's the day you can go in, you can buy the tickets, and yeah. have like the experience. You do the tour and whatnot. But there was a super limited number of uh, tickets available. Um, so I guess Adrian King's going to be there, and it's billed as a one of a kind overnight experience at the camp. <laughs> that nice. would be insane, wouldn't it? it, it by the way, it's it's Camp Noni sorry, Camp No Bibosco. I don't know how to say. Hmm. No Bibosco. No Bibosco. Camp No Bibosco in Blairstown, New Jersey. Okay. Um so apparently Lou Reed is uh, across the yeah, <laughs> across the pond. Cool. Cuz uh, he used to come in and So so he's the guy there. like lurking in the yeah, bushes. Exactly. <laughs> Take a walk on the wild side, children. <laughs> Anything else? Any other thoughts you guys want to share? Or do you guys just want to jump in? You want to jump into it? Yeah, let's talk about who made it. Well, actually, before we even talk about who made it, let's talk about how this film got made. I think everyone knows the famous story. Sean Cunningham comes mm-hmm. up with the title before the script, <laughs> and uh, he has this great idea. Well, I don't know if anyone owns this title, so yeah. what I'll do is I'll put an ad in the paper, and if anyone owns it, they're going to, contact yeah. me and let me know hey you can't use that title so he puts an ad and it gets like huge publicity <laughs> people are offering him tons of money on the title oh, alone really? uh, to make this film uh, so yeah he pretty much sold the film on the title alone <laughs> apparently there was actually a film called Friday the 13th The Orphan which came out a couple years before I believe this little kind of a little film I guess but anyways they gave him some money and let them have the title and oh, uh, awesome. the rest is history but yeah what a great idea I, yeah. I love hearing that about stuff in the 70s 80s like you never hear about that these no, days no 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 everything is like in perpetuity right maybe Cloverfield I guess J.J. Abrams is kind of giving us the closest with Cloverfield and you hear that with Roger Corman too it's like they sold a film I remember the the, um, the uh, fucking Canon guys Globus and what's his name um Mac- Whatever, anyways, yeah. those guys would like sell films and titles and sell stuff they don't even own the rights to yet and get the money, then try to get the rights. Like, I love hearing all yeah. that crazy stuff, but yeah, it's kind of cool that something like that, you know, happened and that's how this film w- was born. Of course, it was it was made to capitalize on the huge success of Halloween. Makes um, sense. Cunningham does direct it, produced it, and kind of I think had a basic uh, yeah with with the uh, the story. But yeah, I, I just wanted to again alliterate like how fucking good his direction is. I've never, like, I never even appreciated this film the same way. I've always liked it, but this time around, again, when you're seeing it, you know, every time you've seen this film so many times, I watch it almost every year, Yeah, you can start looking out for other things because you yeah. know the, the story off by hand. And yeah, there's just a, so many cool, even this is simple, like, the one kill where the accident hits the light and the light kind of swings. Right. And it's like, yeah, you could have just like focused on the kill and the the gore, but I think the light makes it so much more effective. With that it's hand so much that more comes creepy. like does a curtain. Yeah, yeah, I that was cool. There, I, there's another cool shot too. I never noticed where the it, it's looking through the window of the cabin. You see them all talking, and they're trying to use the phones, and they're disconnected. And the camera pulls out and, and goes sideways, line. and you see yeah that the line's been cut. Like yeah. just it's little touches like that that I think is is great. But yeah, like I really one thing I really noticed this time is he does a lot of long takes. 
takes. And mm-hmm. I, I miss that. That's one thing I probably have with a lot of modern filmmaking these days. It's, it's all about quick edits and how many edits you can fit in a shot because, mm-hmm. you know, the teens get bored these days. But I miss that stuff. I, I think it added so much more yeah. tension, atmosphere to let a shot just go on, like you guys mentioned with the coffee scene. And there's definitely a couple other scenes I think that works. Um, one thing I did want to talk about, though, the opening scene, I, I'm assuming, I doubt he originated this, but I'm kind of curious because this is early on. But the opening kill, you go up, you have the one guy gets yeah. killed, and then you have the girl, and you it pauses. Yeah, she just screams, yeah. and it 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 freezes, and then zooms in. I on like her. that a lot, actually. Like that's been done many times, yeah, right? Like, so, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, I think, did it. I'm kind of curious, yeah. yeah, if this was the first or where that originated from. But um, it's a cool effect, I yeah. Think. And uh, I guess that was a there, there's a rumor to this day that um, that kill you actually got to see her die oh shit um, but Tom Savini says no like I, w- I didn't shoot it oh. but um, there is I guess there's an image out there and she's got like a machete in her head or something like that but they don't know if it's was yeah. just for publicity um, but anyways it's definitely uh, so can we talk about this opening scene so they're singing like gospel songs right yeah and then they say, like, hey, let's go fuck, right? That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> well, what I like about this, the thing, again, again, it's about that juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, eh? What I, noticed- I know what really turns my boat is Michael rode his boat to shore. Like, that really gets my, uh, really gets my peen hard, you know? <laughs> well, if it was a priest and a little boy, it makes sense. Yeah, though. exactly. Um, one thing I noticed uh, this time around, again, I'm kind of watching all these scenes from a different different point of view this time, is uh, it's kind of um, like a female empowerment film at parts, because in that scene, it's the woman that's kind of instigating it yeah. like the guy's obviously done this many times and but she's like she wants sex oh, man yeah, yeah, of course. which again at that time you know you didn't see that for like a, a young woman that's like yeah, yeah i want to ride this guy's <laughs> machete um <laughs> um but and, and, and later friday on is pride day if you know what i'm saying <laughs> but even later on like with uh annie when she's in the truck like she's kind of like making fun of the old guy like she's not afraid that this yeah. guy is gonna like rape or do something with her she's like laughing at him for believing yeah, in well, curses she says something amazing to him where he's like you kids are all dumb he's like well you're, it's a real original thought you got there yeah. <laughs> And another cool scene is Alice, the final girl. You don't see this, I don't think, in like any slasher films later on. Is she's like playing strip poker, she's smoking pot, yeah. she's drinking, like she's having a good time. She's yeah, a cool she's, final she's girl. She's like the camp counselor too, isn't she? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. They definitely. Again, you don't know what's going on, but it definitely seems yeah. like there was either something going on or at, at yeah. before, or there still is. Also, the when they're they're playing uh, the strip poker, you kind of get the she's the feeling that if this this game went on, you know, what I mean, that's something would be. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely thought that was kind of interesting this time around and, and kind of cool because you don't really see it. Like later on, it, especially with Halloween and a lot of films kind of copied more of the Halloween style where mm. like the final girl has to be the perfect girl, the the shy girl, the virgin yeah. and all that stuff. Whereas this one, it's she's like not, she's definitely not yeah. any of that, which I, I really uh, I thought was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, so it was written by Victor Miller. Uh, he didn't really do too much. He did a bunch of soap operas. Oh, yeah? Um, seems like a cool guy in the documentaries, but I'm also kind of, well, I'm not really pissed at him, but I don't know if you guys have, the whole reason, I don't know if you, everyone's wondering, well, why has it been 10 years or whatever since we've had another film? There's been various issues, but one of the things right now holding it up is that he's fighting to get the rights to the film, and Sean Cunningham's arguing that he was a writer for hire, and so he's like, no, I own this character. And I guess there's some weird thing that they start, some copyright thing, and they started the late 70s, 76 or something, where like, after 35 years, you can make claim to your... 
I, I don't I don't understand the exact I don't understand all yeah. the the law behind well, it. Just but, pay them off and uh, start again. Or? Well, I, I don't know. It, it's a whole thing. It's like before we're like Paramount owned the Friday Thirteenth title, but Warner Brothers owned the Jason character, character. which or that was a rumor. I don't know how true yeah, that was, but it definitely weird, it definitely it? seemed like that because I know Warner Brothers all their films were just Jason goes yeah. to hell, Jason X, Freddy versus yeah. Jason until they made a deal and they both did the, the remake, which is Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's definitely disappointing though that you know it's it's this long. I I, I got some cravings for yeah, I could do a new one, new Jason. And again, there, there's there's been all these ideas. I mean, we don't have to get too much into it, but they were going to do shitty like found footage, which I don't want to see. There's one that was going to do his origin which I don't want to see and then that, they were going to do a TV show that was actually very close I think they actually did a pilot episode yeah, um, which sounded terrible but th- there was a couple cool ideas one of them was going to be Jason goes to high school <laughs> well pretty much yeah um, I think it's going to kind of be like uh, the the Bates Motel and all, all be, be about the town around it yeah. and how they're hiding the secret but um, the other two ideas sounded cool though one was going to be like in snow in the, yeah, in the winter and you know that would be badass some icicles right? some skates killing people like snowmobilers, yeah. yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. And the other idea, which is the one I just hope they would do, is they're always trying to like, what can we do to make it stand? Like, yeah. what can we? They, they're always trying to do origins, all this bullshit. Yeah. You know what people want? Kids in cabins camp. camping, yeah. and they're knocked off. We don't need yeah. all that other shit. And yeah. one of the scripts was that it was like going to take place, I think, in the eighties, and it's just going to be the basics: kids at a camp and they get knocked off. Yeah, I'm okay with that. That's this. what I want to see. I hope that's the way they end up going. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think they always try to like, like even that was a problem with the remake. A lot of people yeah. had the problems that they're trying to explain how he gets from here to here. Yeah. And they have caves and these abducting women. We don't want that, man. Doesn't we don't matter. care. Doesn't matter. You're overthinking it, man. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. This is a film about a, a killer with a hockey mask. Well, not this film, but the rest of the yeah. series <laughs> about a killer with a hockey mask knocking off people after they have sex or, or whatever. Like that's that's all I want, and I want cool, likable characters. Which again, I do think this film uh, really delivers. Uh, score we got to talk about Harry Manfredini. Oh, it is intense in places. It is sprawling in places. It is minimal in places. It's pretty much everything you need it to be throughout the entire movie. Yeah, like it definitely feels pretty big for this mm. this small little slasher film. It's got the strings and all that, um, which I think is fantastic. And it starts right away, man. How cool is that opening? <laughs> so you got the kills, the screen pauses, zooms into the girl screaming, and then we have Friday 13th comes up, and as this Friday 13th slowly zooms towards the screen, the strings, like, you know, get... Crescendo. Exactly. Exactly, and then it smashes the window. Like, imagine I'd seen that. You'd just be like, that's a fucking fist pump yeah. moment right there. Like, I couldn't imagine seeing this in the audience for the, the first time. That would have been so You cool. would have lost it, right? Like, uh, fuck yeah. Or you would have no idea what to expect at that point either, right? Well, I think there's so many moments uh, in this film, and again, we'll talk about them mm. as we get to them, that, like, I can imagine being an audience. Like, again, we, we take for granted because we've seen, yeah. uh, you know, so many kills and this and that over the years, but there's some pretty impressive stuff in here. Oh, yeah. Um, You, you talked about the air in the bed like that's a great setup where you have you know already we've seen the camera showing that there's a body above these people as they're fucking they uh, don't know the minute, like the blood drips on him yeah he gets it like almost instantly and again though you yeah. think it's gonna come you're used to it coming you think someone's gonna come and stab him from mm. from the top but it's not it's from below which is frightening yeah. like there's nothing scary so, than someone about hiding under the bed she would have been under the bed the entire time that they were fucking right yeah, like, yeah. that's amazing <laughs> 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 at least you know you got. At least she let him finish. Yeah, I was exactly. gonna say. That's kind of nice of her. Um, but I guess everyone knows the story. We probably don't have to go too much yeah. into it. But everyone thinks it's. But it's it's him saying kill kill come on. I think he took it and he added some kind of echo or something on it. 
Um, we won't talk too much about it, but I did want to bring up the budget on this film, $500,000. Ended up being a huge hit. I think Paramount bought it for $1.5 million, spent another $500,000 on advertising it, and an additional $500,000, I guess, once it started performing well, maybe to get to more theaters. So yeah. they're $2.5 million in. This movie was a gargantuan hit. That's um, I'm curious how much money it is like... Um Made well, it did. It did forty million domestically and sixty sixty million worldwide. Again, that's an eighties dollar. So that's big numbers. I was reading the equivalent. So this is as of twenty fourteen. So that would be pretty much it. Cost four in today's money four Mm -hmm. and a half million, and that would have meant it made a hundred and seventy seven million. That's insane, right? Adjusted for inflation. So that's huge. Like imagine that. Yeah, (laughs) you're getting what? What what is that? uh, Fifty. you can do math here. That's forty-five million. What's that? Forty-five times the amount, right? Forty-five times four. Yeah, that's insane, right? Yeah, somewhere around that. Am I doing the math right? I have no idea. Maybe maybe forty. It is way too late in the day to figure this shit out. But either way, yeah, that's that's crazy numbers. I'm sure they're happy with that. I think it opened up 18th um, overall, which is great considering mm-hmm. all the big films. Mm-hmm. That was the same year that we had fucking The Shining and The Fog and oh wow, like a bunch of other big films. Uh, so it, it did quite good. Um, yeah, let's briefly, again, we're not going to talk too much about the cast because really, to be honest, most of these people did Friday 13th and, and didn't do much after, which is kind of sad because I thought they're all good. Like, yeah. there, There's no, again, you watch some other films and you're like, wow, that acting was shitty. I don't watch this film and see bad acting. Nobody. I mean, don't get me wrong. No one's giving this dramatic like Schindler's List performance <laughs> here, but... I mean, they all del- feel like they, they all feel they like real kids. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Adrian King plays Alice, of course. Um, Sally Field auditioned for her role. Her role. No dice. Um, we mentioned uh, Bing Crosby's sons in there. Kevin Bacon and his ass is in there. Um, we got a couple other girls in there. I'm not going to go through everyone's yeah. name. And uh, Ned, we mentioned Ned. There's a uh, he's considered uh, the the first practical Joker uh, in a horror film, like practical Joker oh, vic- victim, at least in a slasher film. I think he was a, the first, because after this is when like every slasher film started to have yeah. that practical Joker. Which thank God, because they're always my favorite parts yeah. of the films. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're not going to go through everyone. Steve Christie's in there. Dude, I think that would be an amazing like Halloween costume. Just wearing the kerchief around your neck with the glasses and the cutoff well, jean shorts. Yeah, I was thinking, like, everyone always does Jason. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking Steve Christie would be yeah. fun, and the other guy would be uh, Crazy Ralph. That actually would be good, too. You're doomed. And yeah, you could just sit <laughs> run around saying that on a bicycle? All night. Yeah. Like a shitty hat. That actually would be a good costume. That would be an amazing, like, trio of costumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Crazy Ralph uh, originally was Ralphie Ratboy was his original. <laughs> name in the script I guess he was put into foreshadow so you thought he might be the killer yeah it makes sense um, but Sean Cunningham doesn't know if he succeeded in that I don't know if he necessarily yeah. did I don't know if well, I mean, again you'd have to go back to the yeah. 1980 and what would yeah. you think he was possibly the because let's be honest we won't spoil it to the end even though I think everyone knows yeah. the ending but the, the ending is a bit of a cheat because who is I guess we'll spoil that who is a killer is not in the rest of the film. Yeah. And you have no clue. Yeah. There's no. Um, about this person. Like, it's not like they're giving you hints that, yeah. you know, there's no way you could guess this person. There's um, no red herrings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this film does set up, other than the great uh, camp setting, it does set up the, the stormy night, which obviously I know horror films had used that before, but I don't know how many slasher films use that. And it's, again, it's just that perfect, like, extra little bit. 
to to make it that much better. Um, It just, I don't know, it just, it adds so much and you have the power going out and all that kind of stuff. I I don't know, I think it's fantastic. One of my favorite scenes in this film is when, um, I forget the girl's name, but um, she's lying in bed and she's about to go to bed, she's reading. Then she hears that, help me. What the hell is that? Oh, that's creepy. You just hear it in the background. Help me. You hear like a child, yeah. It is amazing, right? Well, and exactly. That's spooky as anything. For, again, we watch it knowing Mm -hmm. what's going on, but I couldn't imagine watching that then. Yeah. Like, you would be fucking like, what the fuck? Is that a a kid? What's going on here? Like, it's very well done. And even that scene is very well done Mm -hmm. where, like, she's in the archer range and the lights pop on. And there's there's definitely some cool jump scares in there. Again, when I say jump scare, this is when jump scares were done right. It wasn't like, oh, jump scare, it's a cat. Oh, there's this and that. Like, it's not a bunch of fake shit. It was actually a well-made, yeah, yeah, they earned that that jump scare. They they set it up, built it up, and then earned it. Uh, did you guys notice there was a vegetarian in there? That was a that was a pretty taboo thing in the eighties, wasn't it? I don't Who's think vegetarian. Um, the the archery girl. Oh shit! Yeah, she mentions as they're cooking burgers, and she fucking gives them like all vegans. <laughs> she gives them shit and fucking uh, rips on them for eating the meat. And then when they leave, she says to the guy cooking it, "You should burn that so they can't eat it." <laughs> um. Yeah, they actually they kill a snake in this movie, don't they? They do. Yeah, yeah. that's actually a, not, not a funny story, yeah. but um, yeah, I guess like the the snake owner was like crying in the background as they did it. I don't know if oh, you didn't know. That's kind of mean. But uh, yeah, that, that was back then when they would actually kill animals yeah. if they needed to to tunics like those type of animals. Like, yeah, no one gives a fuck about yeah. a snake. I think that was Tom Savini's possibly idea to kill it. Yeah, I, I think they were saying like in Halloween. They set up all these fake scares leading up to it yeah. with like, you know, that there's a use trap that hits the window and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This one they wanted to set up when it's a scare, but it actually is something there. It's not like a fake scare. Yeah. And they also, I guess they're saying too, maybe this is them just trying to make up excuses for killing a fucking snake. <laughs> but yeah, they're also saying too that they wanted to show that these characters could handle themselves in a situation. They don't run and hide. They yeah. get a they get a knife and they're all working <laughs> together to, to figure out how to, to stop this snake. I guess they could have just opened the door and let it out. Yeah. But, um, you know, we wouldn't have this this infamous scene. Um, we, we briefly talked about Crazy Ralph, but again, that was a big thing too, the whole red herring in, in the slasher film. Mm-hmm. He, he's foreshadowing, you're doomed, you're all doomed. And uh, he, he makes a, a nice return in the sequel. I really enjoy. Oh, I thought he like, a return in this movie I thought was kind of good. Oh, yeah, 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 he, yeah, cool. yeah. That's a cool <laughs> scene. Uh, okay, one thing we definitely got to talk about, the fashion. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's the main reason we're all watching this. You want to see That's Bacon's bulge? I know. I, I was talking about like uh, what's his face? Like the uh, oh Steve Christie, yeah, yeah. The bandana, the jean shorts, the work boots. Yeah, like that. It, with the red, uh, the red yeah. socks pulled up. Yeah, the tight short jean shorts, and he's all like greased up in the red handkerchief. Like if you if you're not you know getting a little bit of a uh, San Francisco vibe. Yeah, <laughs> catch my drift. Yeah. And even the other guy, uh, Bill, he's like, too, he's got like, he's shirtless and he's got the white pants and the suspenders. Like, man, I, I love the 80s. That is pretty amazing, I, right? I love how like peep fans complain like, oh, it, it's good, but it's dated. And it's like, I want that yeah. dated. Like, that's what's awesome. It's something exciting. It's exactly. something new, something foreign. Yeah, exactly. Humor in this film. There's actually um, surprisingly quite a bit of humor. We have Ned, of course, as we mentioned. He's the prankster throughout it. But my favorite Are you scene... talking about the stall? When she goes down and sit down to pee in like uh, 40 Yards to the Outhouse by Willie Make It. Yeah. I've never got that joke until now. 
I never it's knew amazing, what she was right? talking about. I was like, I don't get it. And I put the subtitles. I was like, wait a second, Willie, he made ah. <laughs> it's it's funny how you watch like a yeah. film this many times and then new stuff like that pops up. Yeah, that does. No, but I'm talking about the cop scene, man. I love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> you guys calling like Tonto and shit. Well, yeah, he comes as the guy's like totally being racist <laughs> yeah. and and being a, a goof and uh, yeah, he's he thinks they're all high and. <laughs> But it's fun because they're kind of like mouthing off to him and making yeah. fun of him. But he's like this kind of um, jokey cop too. Well, no, he's not really a jokey. I'd say he's like a serious town. I don't but think he's, he quite he's gets giving it. them like the grills too, right? Like calling like, well, the natives were getting restless there, Tonto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that scene. Apparently, the writer had a problem because he didn't like that it showed that there is a cop close. He wanted to make it feel like these people in the middle of nowhere, yeah. no one can help them. But I don't know. I, I think that scene every time, like I've seen it a billion times, yeah. and it still makes me laugh. Yeah. Like. <laughs> And even there, yeah, yeah. Don't get smart. I'm as dumb as they come. <laughs> oh yeah, they, that that's some some of the best one-liners in that scene. But he's just—I don't know. I think the cop is like a great. His acting, his performance is fantastic. Like he just seems like that cop that would be in that small town. Okay, that, he's kind of like the the comic relief sort of character. That's exactly yeah. it. They come in and kind of like a bumbling cop and give these kids a oh you fucking punk kids. I want to talk about how great all the townspeople are in this film. Right, the truck driver that gives uh, Annie a lift there, the cop, the uh, waitress at the diner. Oh yeah, <laughs> giving the guy a. Uh, uh, what was she saying to the, the old uh, uh, guy? What do I owe you? Yeah. <laughs> Just a, a night out on the town? Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, here, no, I'll give you, yeah, I'll yeah, give you yeah, the yeah. money. Ew, gross. <laughs> Keep the change, <laughs> you filthy animal. <laughs> um... Yeah, overall, I mean, uh, I we could keep on going and on and on. There, there's, to me, in my opinion, again, I think this is a film where it all works. Like, I think as a horror film, it works. The mm. scares still work. There's some still great mm. jump scares. The atmosphere, the foreboding, like the, the building tension, um, the mystery. I think is still cool, even though we know who it is. I still have fun watching it every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's well directed. Score is fantastic. Kills are great. Like, is there any? Can you guys think of any? issues you really have with this film anything uh, that stands out that you're not a fan of because I think we could go on and on about everything yeah. great in it but uh, you know what not really actually like I mean I guess you could argue the kills aren't as elaborate as they could be but again this yeah. is the 80s this is one of the first so you mm-hmm. can't really blame it for that yeah maybe the fact that they didn't like give you a clue who the killer was but even that yeah. I don't really mind that much yeah. it's and it's weird, bad. like, I, don't get me wrong, I, I really enjoy part four. It seems like that one kind of is, like, almost overpraised. Everyone loves the characters in that. Yeah. I like the characters in that, too, but they're kind of, like, dicks, and they're kind of, like, a bit unrealistic. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how many people that are like Crispin Glover. <laughs> That's a shame, because <laughs> I would love to hang out with Crispin Glover. Whereas, again, I think this film just perfects yeah. real yeah. teens. Like, this is what it would be like to go camping with your buddies working at a camp site and preparing prepping a, a campground for the kids that would to be a ton soon. of fun right <laughs> yeah um yeah uh i guess just do you guys want to have anything else out or do you want to give our final thoughts oh, or our review final thoughts actually, actually just uh you were just talking about the uh the kind of foreshadowing and like not giving any away yeah. much in terms of the killer there's actually something i noticed like just this time watching it yeah um i'm actually kind of wondering now how many of these there are kind of Hidden throughout this movie, um, in the uh, it's not really it's not the opening scene, but it's after um, the cook gets yeah. uh, picked up by the uh, the jeep mm-hmm. on the way to the uh, on the way to the camp, and she jumps out of the jeep and runs out into the woods and starts being chased. There is a shot which, unless you're paying attention, you just 
think is a shot of her running through the woods, it cuts to a pair of legs and a pair of feet. Mm-hmm. I actually re- had to rewind it to, to rewatch it this out. part. It's not the, the blue jeans and like Nike running shoes that she's wearing. You see the uh, blue work pants and a pair of small work boots. Hmm. Ah. I do think, though, I could be wrong. And uh, again, we have to. It's funny trying not to spoil this fucking 30, 40 year old film that everyone has seen, but whatever, just in case. We wouldn't want to be those guys. I don't want to ruin this experience because if there is one or two people that haven't seen it, watch it and you'll love it. But I, I do believe that I don't think um, the actor that is the killer played any of the parts until the end. I think it was Tom Savini and um, his buddy um, Stravakis or something. His buddy that did all the effects with him and they did a bunch of movies. I think they did a lot of the. Like any of the, the close-ups of the hands or the feet or anything like that, um, okay. I could I could be wrong, but I thought I read that. So, but I mean, again, they would still yeah. be wearing that outfit and those shoes, like you mentioned, and Very even diminutive in, feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even in the the Jeep, <laughs> I, I was curious, like with the with the high def. Now, can you see anything in the Jeep? Did you guys catch anything? I night? try. I paused it. I didn't see anything. The yeah. one thing I did notice that you could put together is like the beginning. We know that. The kids recognize them. They know who it is, and it's someone of authority that... And Christy knows this person. Exactly, yeah. 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 What are you doing here? Yeah. So they, they give you a little bit of tidbits, but again, because yeah. of this character, you've be, never... Yeah. yeah. You it would be a big stretch. Detective to figure this shit out. If you figured that out, then you should, yeah, become yeah. a PI. Private dick? <laughs> <laughs> you should become a dick if you got this. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll share our final thoughts then and give yeah. a review, and then we'll jump into spoilers. This movie's fucking amazing, right? <laughs> I, 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 I got to give it 8.5 is what I'm thinking. My favorite thing is watching this movie who's someone who's never seen it. Oh, I, amazing, I had right? a fantastic experience <laughs> right? doing this. Um, but that, but then again, we should probably yeah. I should discuss this at the at the end during Fair the spoiler uh, portion. So what, what's your score there, Jimmy? Oh, I'm going to give this a 13. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, but no, in, in all honesty, uh, you know this one here, I'll go eight and three quarters. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, yeah, my final thoughts are pretty much everything I've said. I think everything works in this film. I don't have any issues with it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it several times, and I still get giddy and excited about camping. It brings back memories of all. I mean, we used to go camping yeah. every year, and all the hijinks we got into, it, it, it makes me think of all that. <laughs> Dressing up like Indians. And- <laughs> Yeah, I don't th- think we quite did that. It, you know, it was a different time. But yeah. uh, either way, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's one of those films where you know it's a good film. And I always say this, a lot of my favorite horror films have this, where you could take out the horror elements and it would still be a good film. It would still be fun to watch. Like, I could watch a teen romp with just these guys hanging out, prepping this camp, right? campgrounds and all the, the shit they get into. Even, yeah, and if the, it was like, just like a comedy, it'd yeah. still be entertaining. Because you would still have the cop, you still have the strip poker, you yeah. still have the, you know, the getting it on and mm. the... And the cabins, the abandoned cabins, all that stuff I think is cool. You still got Kirsty in his, his high fashion <laughs> sense. So uh, I think all that works. And my favorite horror films, you take all that and then you add in the mystery, which I love too. Yeah. Like a good Jalo, a good Agatha Christie mystery in there. And then on top of we got some Tom Savini effects. Like, again, it, it's high up on my uh, overall horror films mm-hmm. of all time. I don't know if it's quite my favorite Friday Thirteenth. It's kind of between this and two others, but it's definitely top three for me. I, I put it over a lot of the other ones that have great kills. Uh, I'm going to give it eight and a half. Again, keep in mind I, I'm a tough marker, and yeah. there there might be one that I might give a nine. Oh shit! 
Oh, shit. But, and it is still, we have to keep in mind, I mean, this is still, it's a slasher film. Yeah. It's it's amazing slasher film, but there's only so much you can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not. Almost so much emotion. It's bad. not high so art here, but, but it's just like a perfect, mm-hmm. this is a perfect popcorn entertainment yeah. for me. People get it, get off watching all those comp films. I enjoy those, but this is a film I'm going to go back to every year enjoy and I'm going to have a blast with every year. And it's a film you can watch by yourself and have fun. Yeah. You can invite your buddies over, have Last beers, you're going to have fun. October uh, 13th, Friday the 13th in October. October. I actually saw this in like an old timey uh, theater at the Zone. Oh, nice! That, that would be fun. Fucking awesome, man. That that would be fun. Yeah, it'd be great mm. to see it with an audience where so you had the fans that are getting. Yeah. They have their favorite scenes, but you're also yeah. there's always those couple people that's yeah. their oh, first the time. people that have yeah. never seen it. It wasn't. The best. It was Hannah's first Hannah's time. First time. Yeah. Oh, she, she enjoyed it. Pop the problem there, there was like a, there was popcorn flying. Oh right? yeah, people were um, talking throughout it. So he's like, ah, I kind of wish I could get conversation but other than that it was yeah. she enjoyed it cool yeah well yeah I'm, I'm glad to hear that we're all big fans mm. of this film um, for people that you know think it's not great or it's lesser because Jason Voorhees isn't in there in the hockey mask um, fuck you but uh, <laughs> with that uh, let's jump into spoilers so at the bottom here we'll have the time if you haven't seen this film I definitely recommend skipping ahead or pause go watch the film and then come finish this yeah. episode because uh, I think again the spoiler, if you if you know the spoiler, it's not going to ruin it for you because it's not you're not going to guess it. But I think it adds a lot of fun to it. It might, yeah, it might. Okay, well yeah. we'll talk about it. Right. Uh, so yeah, skip ahead, guys. Um, but let's jump into it. The killer is, of course. Betsy Palmer as Mrs. Voorhees. You find out you get a taste of the the story before, right? Mm. That um, he was his special little boy. Actually, I, I wanted to. I meant to talk about. We. I, I got a little bit of a timeline here. So Friday, September thirteenth, nineteen fifty-seven. The times are they kind of switch around depending on sequels and stuff. They don't always all line up, but pretty much uh, this is what we do know. Nineteen fifty-seven, Friday, September thirteenth. A young boy named Jason Voorhees drowns in Lake while the teens aren't paying attention. They're out having sex in the woods and doing their drugs and whatnot. Um, Friday, June playing their gospel music (laughs) too loud. Now, the opening takes place Friday, June 13th, 1958. That's where the two counselors are murdered by an unknown assailant. Um, Now, in between 58 and 62, we just know numerous unexplained fires have have happened to stop people from reopening the camp. In 1962, the Christie's uh, try to reopen it anyways, and the water was found bad. And that's where the camp uh, is... Regarded from the the well, regarded from the townspeople as having a death curse and a nickname Camp Blood. Okay, so three people constitutes a death curse. A bunch of fires. Yeah. That's well, and then the water goes bad. It's yeah. like every year they're trying to do something. Yeah, right. I assume like it's like every couple of years they try to open this and something happens, right? Okay. Yeah, fuck. There's two weird things on a film set, and they're like, ooh, death curse. The Ooh. film was cursed. Yeah, the film was doomed. <laughs> um, and then now this is the one where it becomes debatable because again, if you go by real time, it doesn't necessarily match up. Um, I think it, it happened July thirteenth, nineteen seventy nine, but they released it nineteen eighty. So some people say it's supposed to take place June thirteenth, nineteen eighty. But that is uh, where this film takes place. Yeah. Christie is reopening the camp. Um, there's only a couple films in the series that actually take place on Friday thirteenth, which is kind of funny because the sequel definitely doesn't, right? Um, I don't think so because the sequel follows right after. Right? So it's the next. Or I'm so, trying to remember. So the thing that I find confusing, uh, we're in the, the spoiler section, so this is yeah. okay. Yeah. So between 1957 and 1979, yeah, like Jason ages what, like 
maybe six months. He's still yeah, like yeah, an eleven yeah, year old yeah, kid. Yeah, true, but right? in that following year, he goes from an eleven year old kid to like a full grown giant man. man. Well, it's I think originally at least the ending. We'll, we'll talk about the yeah the shock ending in a second. But that shock ending was Sean Cunningham to him. It was just spent, supposed to be a dream that was just supposed to like. It was one last jump scare because the Carrie jump scare jump was scare. huge. So they just wanted to rip that off. I mean, this film was all about ripping off other films. So yeah, that, apparently it was meant to be a dream. And again, they weren't ever planning on bringing it back. And that's why Sean Cunningham didn't want to do the sequel. He's like, no, like, you know, yeah. did, that's a dead kid. I'm not doing a movie about. Yeah. Um, and even Tom Savini, I think, sees it as like, you know, the, the kid died or whatever. Yeah. And it was a zombie kid or something. I don't know. But yeah, exactly. From part two on all the sequels have all these dates that kind of contradict yeah. but you, you can kind of get a basic outline. I guess at the same time like we're overthinking it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so so yeah I think the only way it would work is if that is a dream or she saw thinks she saw that but it's something mm-hmm. else and he is actually an adult he'd have to be right yeah um, but anyways let's talk about Betsy Palmer I think she's Again, I always just think she was cheesing over the top, and she is, but I think she delivers a pretty fantastic yeah. performance. Like you said, like when you hear that, that you find out that uh, during the archery yeah. scene, and she's in the little boy's voice, help me, help me, that's her. And then she's actually doing it, and we have this like close up of her doing it. And it's like, oh, it is creepy. That is fucking creepy, creepy man. Fuck, right? Like she nails that performance. Yeah. And the other thing she nails, like she's this older woman. She was in her 50s. She <laughs> the the like... younger boys in the film uh, <laughs> set, or what? Sorry? The other thing she nails oh. was the, the younger boys in the film Kevin set. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly, but yeah. no, she was she was, she did all these like classical these noirs or whatever, um, but she's this older woman and she is fucking whooping yeah, Alice's ass around. Right? She's whipping around. She's and slapping her. She like, was. Uh, I guess she she was also a stage actress yeah. and she was actually like whipping around. And so Cunningham had to be like, no, like we don't actually hit the person. Like we'll we'll do certain angles and we can make it look at like you're actually hitting with their sound stuff. But like that scene, you believe she's, it? Like, beating her down. Oh, she's, yeah. she's got her on the ground. She's slamming her head in the dirt in the sand. Right. <laughs> Like there's some really funny stuff, and when even she's got the gun on her and she just slaps shit, shit away, like she's like the Terminator in this film, and I love it, man. Like she's almost more intimidating than Jason yeah, later exactly. on. Like, she's almost more well, frightening. That's where she gets it from. That's where he gets it from the uh, nonstop. Like Jason's got a goofy yeah. mask on, man. She's like just this crazy woman that's doing like these Kill two different mommy. personalities Kill and stuff in her head. Like, yeah, I it yes, it is over the top, but I think she's fantastic mm. in this. I, I did want to mention there is a bunch of actors. I just want to mention that, yeah, I still would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I did want to mention there's a bunch of actresses up for the role, uh, Shelley Winters, Dorothy Malone. But the one I did I did think was kind of cool was Louise Lasser, who is the crazy mother in Blood Rage. Have you seen Blood Rage? The uh, oh, okay. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving slasher? One. No, I haven't. I highly recommend it. It's yeah. an amazing film. But the mother in that is a highlight because she's, I'm not going to describe her performance. You got to see okay. it in that film, but that that would have been an interesting choice. The other woman that was up for it was Estelle Parsons, who uh, many will at least, well, as a big Roseanne fan, I always knew her as the mother in uh, Roseanne. But she also, I think, she got nominated for. Did she get nominated for Bonnie and Clyde? She was in it. Oh, I and know she was definitely Oscar nominated for something. But she did a bunch of um, films, and they almost snagged her. But then, like her agent's like, no, like I don't know who would fucking take on this role. And even even Betsy Palmer admitted, like I took on this role because I wanted a new car. <laughs> I read the script. I thought it was a piece of shit. 
But, you know, I was like, what the hell? It might be her fa- most famous movie, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of you have to think, a lot of those people you always hear about this yeah. took on those roles because this is a little horror from the, That was back before there was VHS, there was yeah, TV. Yeah, they just thought... They, it was it like would, they would throw it, they would screen it, would it for a couple in, cities. Like a exactly. And disappear. Exactly, yeah. and you'd never see it again, but uh, it... Gonna say it haunted her, but no, I did. I think over the it years, it did she haunt did. her. Didn't like uh, Ebert like send like uh, addresses, like letters to her house? Well, it was, um, yeah, it was Gene Sisko actually. They they did a whole um, episode on this film and other slasher films, saying how misogynist they are and how terrible mm-hmm. they are. But yeah, they did focus a lot on this one. Um, yeah, he didn't even like Jaws or Alien or Silence of the Lambs. That's crazy, right? Um, he just was against horror films. He was so disgusted, yes, he did give Betsy Palmer's address out and told everyone to write her letters in protest, which is... But apparently, I heard that he gave the wrong address, so some other (laughs) poor folk got a bunch of hate mail. Arnold Palmer is very angry with him right now. (laughs) So, like, if an Arnold Palmer is iced tea and lemonade, what's a Betsy Palmer? It would be a lemonade and uh, blood uh, orange juice. (laughs) No, no, a tomato juice. (laughs) Some sort of Bloody Mary made yeah. with like uh, iced tea. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Gross. Uh, and yeah, other than the ending, I did want, other than Beth Palmer again, she's great, but I did want to talk about two you guys mentioned. So from like the last 20 minutes, it's just fantastically oh, tense. You have right? Alice uh, making the, the, the hot chocolate or coffee, yeah. whatever it was. And uh, that builds attention. You have, you know, something's coming. Then the, you finally got someone's coming to help, and they set this up. And then once you find out that she's not who she is, like it goes on. It's like you get a good like ten minute chasing, uh, just like beating back the and forth. Other, yeah, right? this cat and mouse game. And I, I thought that was all really well done. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that uh, latter half. Again, I, I feel like part one and two really did that well. The cat and the mouse, the long yeah. chase. I think again later on, I got to like, well, we don't want to waste that much time because we could yeah. fit another kill in there, but. I definitely think that's that's a highlight in this movie for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I did love the dick hit that. Uh, did you notice the dick hit Alice gave to Miss Voorhees? No. Oh yeah, she like after she like a cut punt. Box shot. Yeah, box shot. Oh, and another cool scene that was really well directed. So when she's coming from behind her, this is near the end, right before she gets um, her head cut off, I believe. There's a cool shot where he's. Um, filming the water and you see her reflection in the water which again that would have been that wasn't yeah. these days they would CGI but that was a real reflection in the water I thought that was really well cool. done um, but yeah let's talk about this would have been shocking and phenomenal for audience yeah. I can imagine audience they would have been cheering and clapping yeah. and yelling like so yes she gets her eyes kicked but then Alice manages to get the machete lops her head off how cool in slow fucking motion too it looks great the head goes flying of course it's famous because you got Tom Savini's <laughs> hairy knuckles playing the part but man I, I couldn't imagine seeing that theaters that would have been like you probably didn't have a lot of decapitations at that no. time in films I mean now it's a dime a dozen but yeah. that would have been insane right yeah um, but yeah, that's that's the ending, and then now. Okay, now this is what I want to talk about. This ending is absolutely genius. So right? you have this music that it's never played throughout. The, it's this really serene, serene, music. yeah, relaxing music. It's the calm after the storm. She's in the it's boat. Over. She's figured it out. Yeah, she's she's in way in a boat. No one can get her. All her friends Everything are dead. Is, yeah, but she's, but she's alive. Yeah, and, and then that was the best summer ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then the strings come on, yeah. and little Jason. Pops out of nowhere from the fucking depths of this lake crystal. Little Ari Ari Layman, <laughs> yeah. this is his whole fucking thing. He did this one part, and now he does like a 
Jason Coverbank. Like That's he's, insane. He's right? totally been like milking but, that. Do you know uh, uh, the Pabst Blue Signing Ribbon? Signing autographs for who 40, have been riding bucks. this like ribbon for the past like 120 years. This guy's a close second to how long he's been riding that train, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, like since he's been showing up in all these documentaries, yeah. now he's doing all these like B horror movies or yeah, of course. F horror films. But... Did somebody say Friday the 13th? Yeah. <laughs> whatever, though. He, he seems like, you know, he, whatever, I guess. We'd all be doing the same. Yeah, of course. But uh, yeah, he does a band, like they all their songs are like. Called the Jasons. Oh, somehow every song relates to Friday 13th and Jason somehow, but that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, so that that's the film. The, the original plan was for Alice to return for sequels, but I'm sure everyone heard the story where she was literally stalked in real life for years. It's pretty like this crazy story, and it's um, hard for her to talk about, but she talks about it in the documentary. I think she's even written a book on it. That's crazy, right? Um, actually, you should appreciate it now. I think she does, like, she's a painter, but I think she also does, like, her own winery. She has her own, Good like... for her, man. Because um, I think on one of them, she sells it. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, yeah, gives all the information you can buy. But, um... Yeah, that, that's the film. Uh, a couple other things before we leave, though. Trivia, I just want to quickly run down that yeah, didn't really fit in. Um, I'll be quick at this, so don't worry. It's not going to be a 10 minute thing here. But um, apparently, in the opening scene where she kills Barry, he's the the, the, the first kill, her, yeah. him and the, the woman. Uh, she was going to lose her little finger during that kill somehow. I don't know. Oh, and then there'd be like that one finger. So, yeah, I don't know if that would have been something where yeah. you constantly are like seeing the thing and you're like, oh, who's missing a finger? And you'd be yeah. checking out everyone's hands, make sure they're all there. So, that would have been interesting. Um, the scene where um, Bill, he's uh, Bing Crosby's son, is impaled on the door. If you look carefully, you can see his eyes twitching, and that's because the shit was like burning his eyes. Again, this is like when special effects weren't really <laughs> weren't the best. Some of them, you know, you might blind you. You, you never knew. It was a fifty-fifty whether you know if, if it was going to be yeah, safety or really, not. Uh... No. But uh, yeah, I guess that's it for spoilers. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I want to mention, so everyone, uh, I guess, was staying in hotels and stuff, but Tom Savini and uh, Tasso Stravakis, um, those guys were like partiers, and you hear all, there's all kinds of stories about them, but uh, yeah, they stayed in the cabins, and apparently they just, they only had two, they had a VCR, and they only had two films, Barbarella and Marathon Man, which are weird <laughs> choices, but they watch those so much that he, Tom Savini still says to this day he can, like, quote those That's movies. That's crazy. Um, and the other cool thing, too, is, again, Tom Savini is a fucking man. But uh, the scene in the the film where um, uh, what's her name? I forget her name. But she's walking through the archery and the arrow just misses yeah. her. That was Tom Savini that shot the arrow. Oh, that's awesome! Um, I guess they needed someone that had skill, and he's a badass. If he, if if there was ever a zombie outbreak or something, he's going to like survive. Tom right? Savini, so you want <laughs> yeah. on your side, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's our coverage of Friday Thirteenth. Any other final thoughts you guys want to add? I'm actually excited about the next three movies. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the one thing that's great about this film. When you watch it, you're like, yeah, I want to watch more. You can't. It's hard to it's stop. A, it's, like a, it's like a drug. You can't watch just one no, like Jason potato movie. chips. Yeah. You just, you just, just can't have one. <laughs> it's the Pringle, man. It's like beers. <laughs> you just can't have one. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, anything you want to add? I'd like a beer about now, actually. <laughs> yeah, thank <laughs> you. Mentioned it. Some, uh, yeah, some beers, some pots, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, uh, some premaritals. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You need to get murdered tonight if you're not careful, son. <laughs> should I pull up some Monopoly or should we get some women here <laughs> yeah, first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would it be uh, just three? Uh, yeah, three yeah. It would be amazing. Getting drunk, smoking pot, and playing strip Monopoly. Uh-oh, go to jail. <laughs> Becky comes down and it's... <laughs> like in our underwear and whatnot. You didn't say anything. There's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. This is totally cool. Um, one thing I did want to add as we're recording this, I'm yeah. staring at, uh, I do saying that I'm a big fan of this. I actually do have the original poster oh, framed. Amazing. I spent a, a small fortune on it. It's my uh, baby there. Well, but it looks uh, badass, right? Yeah. I, I love that poster. That's it, the thing about this film too. They all, they had great movie mm-hmm. posters, like each one. 
I like the fact that that doesn't have any of the uh, hockey masks. No, which no, it's kind of cool. Um, but anyways, yeah, we're totally getting off. Mm-hmm. We're getting with Kyle bragging about all his uh, collectibles. Yeah, let's, let's just go through everything <laughs> yeah. I got here. Here's the original machete. Yeah. I got. Uh, oh, he's my Mr. Potato Head man. It's Friday the Thirteenth. I got Ari Layman in the back there. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> he's your roommate. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he plays out. Uh, he plays weddings now. <laughs> Please, Jason tunes at weddings. <laughs> Anyways, guys, it's been fun. We'll be back with uh, part two. If you uh, want to get a hold of us, you can uh, find us at uh, on Twitter at uh, Movie City Maniac. Yeah, our fan Twitter run by Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can uh, email us at uh, moviecitymaniacs at gmail dot com. You can find us on Facebook. We have the group page, which is a discussion. We also have just the uh, like page. Yeah, so, so let, like us, join the group, come talk to us, uh, let us know your favorite uh, Friday Thirteenth. Let us know what you like to do on a stormy night in a cabin alone with Kevin Bacon. Alone with Kevin. Alone Bacon. with Kevin. Oh, that's what we should did some six degrees of Kevin Bacon. That could go on forever, though. <laughs> yeah, let, let us know what, what, what works for you. Is it the uh, Kevin Bacon ass? Is it arrow through the neck? An arrow through the neck. Bessie Palmer giving her head. <sighs> Betsy Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired here, guys. Um, yeah, it's been fun. See Happy you later. Friday the 13th, everybody. Yeah, and we'll be back with some more. Kill, kill, Bye. Stay scared. your asshole the park place because we all park our cocks in it. <laughs> That's not a hotel. Gross. Let's not uh, put that in. <laughs> oh, I, I, one thing I... <laughs> That's another thing that Kyle's going to say when we're playing Monopoly. <laughs> that, that's a blooper right there.